Olaf, hey Olaf, hey Olaf, have you heard the news? It's been a long time. How have you been? Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Hello, ladies. Yeah, let's talk about some Google. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I think we can put our differences behind us. For science. You monster. Don't be such a booker. everybody, welcome back to the Relics of War podcast, episode number 43. This is a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community, most especially. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me here today is Christian, also known as Sea Squirrel Run. How you doing, dude? I'm alright. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, yeah, been a long time. About, about as long as it takes to gestate a baby. <laughs> Although that, that has nothing to do with the reason why we're away. No, not at all. I've only got one child still. And Christian, you don't have any news, do you? In not that regard? Okay, so there you have it. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure you're still single too, huh, for the ladies out there? Pretty much, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, any ladies can take a cue from that. Um, anyway, enough of that crap. To talk about what we're doing with the show from here going forward, the old motif was that we would keep you up on the news. But considering that Guild Wars 2, rumor has it, is actually going to release in late 2012 now, is it has is it, have you heard that? Um. Well, yeah, I've heard people humming and hawing and saying, you know, it might be late 2012. But uh, you know, once again, ArenaNet's keeping very tight-lipped about everything. Exactly. So you know what? It's that that game is being played already by multiple podcasts too. So what we're gonna do is we're changing up the whole situation. What we do is we pick one topic about Guild Wars 2, taking all of what we know from what ArenaNet's given us and blog posts. And we're just putting that out there in one episode. So it doesn't need to be week to week since we're not doing that right now. And uh, until Guild Wars 2 releases, people can just say, well, I want to learn about PvP. And so today's episode is what they would find when they want to know about Guild Wars 2 PvP. So, uh, yeah, and that may result in super long shows or super short shows, and we really don't care. Just as long as we have given you the information that is available right now in audio form so that you don't have to read because reading sucks. <laughs> well, actually, we do the reading for you, so we don't think it sucks. We yeah. enjoy it. We really do. Actually, no, I just watch a bunch of Total Biscuit videos to get up to date on PvP. Pretty much. Wow, what's that? Looks like retreating shot throws you backwards. That's the way to fall off a cliff. Everyone will remember that for next time. <laughs> so, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, go to YouTube and look up Cynical Brit. Guy is hilarious, and he does great videos for Guild Wars 2 as well. Yeah. Alrighty, so I guess we should just jump into this. Uh, we don't want to bore people with too many, too much dilly dallying. Sure um, thing. Uh, so yeah, this is the PvP episode, and this is Sequel Scuttlebutt for PvP. Well, what we're gonna do for this expansion is uh, we're gonna take all the existing models and reskin them. Ah, oh, for crying outside! Someone get us a new MMO, or I'll stab my ear with this pencil. So John Peters talks Guild Wars 2 PvP. Uh, right. So there was an article 
from John Peters about Guild Wars 2 PvP on the Guild Wars 2 site. And there was a lot of cool information there. Um, man, I, I'm doing a lot of talking. Let's, let's let you take over. <laughs> sure thing. So again, this is on, this was basically the big introduction to PvP and the biggest, uh, release of information we'd had. Uh, it went along with the Gamescom and PAX demos that they had where they showed PvP for the first time. So, uh, the first thing that they introduce is the idea that Guild Wars 2 will have hot join PvP, which has been talked about previously and mentioned previously that they were going to go with this more FPS style of uh, five-a-side PvP for, you know, as one part of Guild Wars 2 PvP. So, there are matches always running and you can jump in, jump out through a server browser, also like FPS games and and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that's a lot more uh, conducive to the casual kind of pickup pvp which people might want to do yeah i really like that fact because um well if you've ever played an fps game and you join the multiplayer games usually those are hosted on the client side so someone that's playing hosts the server i don't think that's how it's going to work for guild wars 2 but other than that distinction it's mostly the same there where you get on, you see this is how many people are playing over here in this specific PvP match. I can join that one. Or if I don't want to play on that map, there's another one that kind of, you know, fits the criteria that I'm looking for. It's great. I mean, that's what I was hoping for. Because in other games, you queue for a battleground and you just wait. Yep. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's that's what Guild Wars, the original game, did as well for its um, PvP. And right now with less of a population it's pretty damn hard to get to get games in some of those um arenas like alliance battle is empty most days and i saw a thread of people complaining about heroes ascent and that being empty as well so this kind of thing is probably going to have a lot longer lifespan than than what we currently have yeah so that's hot join for you and um oh my god i've got a burp again I've been, I'm on a juice fast, people. I apologize. <laughs> so, uh, there's also tournaments, and these are separated by pickup and organized. A pickup tournament is a single elimination tournament, uh, wait. I'm like reading off the notes and not melding the two together. <laughs> so anyway, as, as it's written here, it says, these single elimination tournaments wait for eight teams to join before starting. Once they start, they go through three rounds of eliminations with winners receiving qualifier points. So that's kind of like a hot join tournament for groups of five, I guess. Yeah, kind of like if you want to just scrimmage and get used to the idea of tournaments themselves. Yeah. But it's still worth something as well. Mm-hmm. And it's because, what will get you... Sorry. Because those qualifier points will go towards entry in the monthly tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And monthly tournaments, um, you'll need a certain amount of qualifier points from the previous to get in. And monthly tournaments then lead you into yearly tournaments. And these grand tournaments feature the winners from the monthly turn. I'm saying tournaments a lot. Slugging <laughs> it out for the right to call themselves the best PvP players of the year. So and that, so that's like uh, what Guild ArenaNet has done with Guild Wars. They currently have um, monthly automated tournaments. And they've had those uh, big yearly tournaments with big prize pools before. Yeah, this system really tells you that ArenaNet learned a lot of things from Guild Wars. Mm. And they're really pushing to have this as a uh, competitive and enjoyable PvP format. And there are a lot of... I said there's... There are a lot of videos out there showing Guild Wars 2 PvP. You really got to check it out because it's it's 
shaping up quite nicely. I thought they were being, um, I thought they had their lips buttoned about it because they were a little bit nervous how people would take it, mm-hmm. but it's getting like resounding accolade. Yeah. Very little criticism. And when you have PVP that's getting little criticism, <laughs> that's, that's doing really good. No QQ in PVP? What is this? <laughs> oh, there will be plenty, I'm sure. <laughs> so the final, uh, tournament style that you can, um, that you'll be able to do in Guild Wars 2 is a player run tournament where you can set up your own tournament on, uh, with your own rules and and your own well and select your own maps and that kind of stuff. So uh, community run events will be totally possible in in Guild Wars 2 as well. That is so sweet. Yeah, especially when you got that one smack talker in the guild and it's like, all right, buddy, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> And, um, Conquest PvP style, this is the next note, um, it's capture points for fortification, plus environment and secondary objectives. These usually assist captures. Now, this is kind of more or less what PvP is in Guild Wars 2. At this stage, yeah. Um, So there there may be more formats coming, but for now, they've kind of been like, this is the pervasive one. Yeah, this is the one they've shown. This is the one they've demoed at the, at all the, um, games convention and, um... The, where, for example, they did these exhibition matches at all the conventions where um, ArenaNet's team, you know, a, a team of five players uh, went off against some teams from the public and some guilds that they invited. Uh, so that was the map. The Battle of Kylo is the map that they're showing off. And it has three capture points and then the environmental, uh, strategic environmental points are the, these trebuchets, which launch uh, massive sieges onto the surrounding map and deal a whole lot of AoE damage and knockback. So they're pretty influential in terms of um, how the match proceeds. Mm-hmm. I like that because then it becomes a lot less of a choreographed dance um, when it's just specific classes playing against specific classes that are known to be the best. You end up with, well, you should go stand to the right, cast this spell, then fake like you're casting this spell, but then don't. Then he'll try and interrupt it, and then you actually cast it. It's just... That's what it became in so many other PvP games. I like that when you introduce these environmental things, it's like you have to react. It's mm. that's all it is. It's it's uh, from what the from the interviews that the ArenaNet players have done, and from uh, other news articles, it sounds like there's a huge depth of strategy available in the in this um, this map alone, in terms of the professions you choose and the strategy you choose to employ. Um, because so because it's all about capturing and holding these three points, and the way in which you do that is going to you know uh, be the interesting part of the game. So whether you have one guy standing in the key capture point and just being as defensive as possible, while you have an, another person in the at the trebuchet laying down protective fire, and then three others maybe going around and and um, chasing the other team, keeping them away, and capping points at the same time. There's so much, so many different ways you could do it. Mm-hmm. But you really have to know the best ways to react to specific circumstances. Yeah. As opposed to, this is how the match is going to go. Yeah. That was something else they were talking about was how the match changes and how there were games uh, in which ArenaNet went down 200, 300 points and they went, okay, so our strategy clearly is not working. We need to change it. And so they switched it up and came, came back, back. And, and, and won the game uh irrespectively. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's something we should point out is that um 
there's a score limit and it's 500 points. And so the more capture points you hold, the more points you gain towards that 500. And the first team to 500 is the winner. Mm-hmm. So that's similar to, if you know, League of Legends Dominion. It's this, that similar type of capture mechanic. And so that sounds like games won't, you know, they've got, there's a limited time to the games. So you're not going to have huge, massive, um, games that drag on for 40 50 minutes that kind of thing alterac valley we're looking at you <laughs> the wild even, guild, I'm talking <laughs> even guild wars uh, gvg battles um they used to i think that they, they changed it now but they they could drag on a long time that's true it was in a few of those and then uh at the onset of a pvp match all characters are set to a max level with a default template at first and it's very functional you know but you can totally adjust that. I love this fact because, um, yeah. Oh, well, actually, this kind of needs a little clarification beyond the note we have there because if you go into, um, world versus world, it's, you actually don't get bumped up to the max level. Is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah. I can't remember the specifics of what the explanation was. But so in, in the hot join and competitive PvP where it's just 5v5, everyone gets exactly the same stats, the same health, same armor, base level, and then presumably you, um, your armor stats and weapon stats, and that can alter it slightly. Whereas in World vs. World, a level 1 character won't be able to take on a level 80 character, but there are you do get um, bumped out into a more even playing field so that you can still contribute to the World vs. World fights. You just won't be able to do it. You'd have to go and find a task that you can do as a level 1 like a trebuchet or something. Yeah. Or um, in world versus supplies. world, there's so many more environmental things you can jump jump on. But yeah. And world versus world, they still haven't released much information on that. So yeah, we'll be waiting for more. That's probably what I'll do a lot of for leveling. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, you know, they've always said you will be able to from the get go level from one to eighty in world versus world, and I just thought that would be an awesome thing to try out and do. Yeah. The other thing I like in those 5v5s is if you finish a PvP match, you leave and you go do some PvE for a while, then you decide to go back, you're going to jump back in with the same build you had. You don't nice. have to reload it. And they also specified that you can save your builds and templates, which is exactly what I was asking for. In the notes I wrote, Now you just have to wait for um, the, conf- well, the, the idea of user interface templates. Mm-hmm. And customizable user interface. Yeah, that that would be nice too. Yeah. At least to a certain degree. After a while, you don't want to end up with like add-ons and stuff that everybody expects you to have. (laughs) Updating add-ons, that's not fun. Uh, Just like in PvE where you can interact with downed allies, where you can like pick them up or whatever, in PvP you can also finish them off when they're in. Yeah, this was something I noticed when the videos first came out as something that we hadn't seen before. So... When you have a downed ally, obviously you can, um, everyone can resurrect, anyone can resurrect so, or rally them. So you kneel down next to them and then there's a slow um, charge meter. If an enemy interacts with a downed enemy, then you finish them off and prevent them from rallying. So you kill them completely and they have to re- wait and respawn. Jody Cage wins. <laughs> so. Animality. <laughs> <laughs> So that was something, uh, another interesting little mechanic that adds a little bit of um, tactic to 
the just the normal fights that you have um do you stop if if it's a 2v2 and one you know one person goes down do you stop targeting the other guy and try and finish off the down person or do you try and get them both down so that they can't rally and then just finish them off together exactly because while you're doing that charge up you can be interrupted and or knocked out and stuff and so um you kind of have to time it so that you can actually finish them off and then there was a Eurogamer Experience article that I actually, I think I wrote this note, but I don't remember it at all. Do you remember this Plane Conquest? And um, no, is this maybe someone had an experience Plane Conquest at Eurogamer? I did a Google search for this, so we're being real professional here. <laughs> um, yeah, this show, no, I don't think we're going to be able to do much with this, but there was an article by Eurogamer. Let's just scrap the article. Control Z. Alright, anyway, let's just skip this one. Um... I'll link to an article. There was one by Eurogamer Experience where uh, they had a chance to play with the, the developers. There was nothing really in there that was like, hey, this is a fancy point. So I'm not sure why this is here. Anyway, um, some videos to briefly advert others to check out from the show. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Here's some videos on PvP. There's Norn Thief PvP, for example, by Total Biscuit. Um, and I was kind of doing an impersonation of him from that video, but you'll learn a lot about how PvP is going to be working from stuff like that. Um, in that, you get to watch him as he's playing. I mean, he's a Norn thief, which is kind of a paradox in and of itself. Yeah. He's like, this guy's big and burly, but I'm supposed to be also uh, nice and uh, covert. The most, but, the funniest that? thing about Norn thieves, I find is the pit when they're holding dual pistols because the pistols are just so small so that <laughs> it's just like this big guy and he's got these tiny little pistols that he's waving around yeah it's really cool he does not look all that threatening in that way no. it's like look at that big guy what is he holding <laughs> it's like asparagus so yeah in that video you get to watch him as he's trying to make the decision between finishing someone which he does you actually get to see a finishing move and um yeah he's doing a lot of one versus two and <laughs> It's just, it's funny commentary alongside it all, so, which bleeds into something in, uh, Speculator's Corner, which we're gonna talk about, which is commentary and, uh, broadcasting of games. But the last thing I wanted to point out is ArenaNet is accepting intern applications. Are they still? Like, we wrote these show notes a month ago. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess Tiger Feet's probably the one to ask about it. Yeah, she got a little bit involved with that, so we'll put the link up there and you can just check it out for yourself. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. So in Speculator's Corner, uh, we're talking about eSports. What is this? I don't even... eSports is something that people really, like, either love or hate. For the most part, it's hate. Because in other games, eSport, the eSport mentality of arenas and all that, have affected PvE balance as well. So... Kind of curious, like what what is the esport mentality gonna uh, bring about in Guild Wars Two? Um, well, do you think uh, it'll affect PVE play? I don't think so, because Guild Wars was always good about having two functionalities per skill. Yeah, so right from the get go, ArenaNet, even in Guild, well, now in Guild Wars uh, and in Guild Wars Two, have made sure that the changes they have to make to balance PVP don't screw up the PvE experience and it's worked really well in Guild Wars now that they've done the skill split and they're doing that from the get-go in Guild Wars 2. So the whole hate of esports, I think that only comes from um, mostly from MMOs where the 
balance of PvP screws up the PvE experience. Whereas uh, in games that are designed as esport games from just straight PvP without PvE or, you know, as a combination, they, they're, the, they're the ones that are, are really successful. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also going to be observation and replay tools. So you can, if you did something really awesome and you want to upload it to the world and show everyone what a boss you are, you will have this available to you. And this is this is a a key feature for any uh, esport that wants to become like a competitive and international esport. Uh, League of Legends is a pretty successful um, game. You've probably all heard of it by now. It's they're boasting numbers larger than active numbers larger than the WoW subscriber base mm-hmm. these days, and that's something that they haven't implemented properly yet it's been in the works for a long time and it's now in use at tournaments the observer and replay mode and it it makes watching uh and and broadcasting games so much easier and so much more enjoyable so it'll be interesting to see how what arena net puts out because watching the um the games at the demos at gamescom and pax they didn't have an observer mode yet they were just following uh, the players on the different teams and switching views between them to make it so that you could see different points of view. Uh, and so it wasn't, it was a bit harder to follow in that respect. And so it's going to be interesting with the whole, you know, how three dimensional and you've got the vertical access and stuff that it's going to make combat so interesting to play, but it's also going to make it tricky to watch, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's going to be quite hectic. So, what they do with the observer um, will be interesting. I hope it's a lot like Team Fortress Two. In that game, you can record yourself during a round, or at least a life. And um, after it's done, like after you've been done playing and all that, and you go to quit, it'll say you had this replay that you saved. Did you want to edit it? So you pull that up, and you can jump to anyone's point of view, and you can rotate your camera wherever from where that person was standing so you don't have to look where they were looking or anything. So you can basically do a, a whole cinematography thing based upon who was standing where. You don't have to go from your own point of view so you, everyone can get the full experience of what happened during this that was so awesome. Nice. So I'm really hoping I'm really hoping for that. And if you play Team Fortress 2, anybody at ArenaNet, then it's got to be a piece of piss, you bloody fruit shop owners. <laughs> I love that game. Um, custom tournaments, what's this about? I think that's what we've mentioned before, is that yeah. so in order to cater to and to encourage the eSport community, other people outside of ArenaNet will be able to host tournaments uh, with their own rules. Okay. So which is excellent. Oh, yeah, I love that. And then we also have the spectator-friendly aspect of PvP, which means kind of like in Guild Wars where you can go into spectator mode and just learn while you watch people play. You don't even have to look up YouTube videos, just get on the game and say, hey, what's going on with these top tournaments going on over here? Yeah, so that'll be using the observer mode, I guess, and I think pretty pretty much like in Guild Wars, you can expect that you'll be able to sit there and if there are other people watching, you can chat with them and ask, you know, hey, what's this? what was that Necro doing that was so awesome? And, and hopefully they'll know and they'll be able to tell you and help you out if there are other people watching. That'd be cool if there's like a chat room right beside yeah. it. Well, they have that in Guild Wars. Um, oh, they do? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh. In the Observer mode in Guild Wars. There's just never really people 
all watching, you know, massive amounts of people all watching the same game. Yeah. And then, last of all, in this section is Rise of Casting Esports, generally. So, with live stream out there and things like that, Justin TV, you'll find that, I, I believe in Guild Wars 2, you're going to find that there is a whole lot of streaming of Guild Wars 2 play. Probably on the rounds, not just PvP, but especially here. And I look forward to that. I'm, I'm going to take a big part in that, because I've been having fun with live streaming myself. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that except that <laughs> it's uh it's it's really cool if you even if you if you don't play the game, you can still be entertained by it because someone else plays it for you and they maybe they they give commentary that's funny and enjoyable. So, I've I've definitely got into the whole um watching casts and streams of people playing games. And I might as well just pimp right here. I do have a live stream channel. It is at livestream.com slash cyan studios, C-Y-A-N studios. If you want to check them out, I've done some live streaming on, uh, Champions Online, Deus Ex Human Revolution. God, I love that game so much. And then there was, uh, there was another game I did. What was it? Was it Unreal? I did, I tried Unreal Tournament once. I, sh- I should do that again. Um, no, it was Gary's Mod. I'm going to uh, do yeah. some Team Fortress 2 here soon because <laughs> with all the impersonations I do, there are so many lines to copy. I love this doctor! <laughs> I'm probably going to do that today. Uh, yes, I'm going to do that today as soon as I post this show. So if you're listening to this, you're like, balls, I hope it's still going, right? I'd like to think so. <laughs> so you just, so, need to, just need to delay yourself by about half an hour after you post the show and then start. Yeah, in fact, Massively is looking for somebody to do some live streaming. Um, yes. It's actually not with live streaming. So I'm going to do an application for that as well. I heard that on their show last week. Yeah. So if, if you... Enjoy live streaming. You're good at live streaming. That's a potential way that you could get a little bit of money on the side. Oh, oh you're trying to make competition for me now, <laughs> you, you bastard. <laughs> so we also have World versus World versus World, which is in a two-week rotation, as we understand currently. Yeah. So the game. This is what they've been saying about World versus World versus World is that it's going to be a huge conc- um, map battle that lasts for two weeks. And at the end of it, a ser- so you know three servers battling off against each other, which we've mentioned before. And at the end of it, the winning server gets, or the winning world, uh, will get benefits to, to as a reward from winning that uh, two-week-long battle. That's really cool. Usually, when gamers use the word "epic," they're incorrect. <laughs> but with how long this is going to take, there's an argument to be made for it. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, because if it's two weeks long and so spread out and drawn out, then it's it's going to be interesting to see how um, inter- interactive or you know engaging it is in the short term. Like if you just want to jump in and do something for half an hour, what sort of things you'll be able to do, and if that's going to be if you're going to get an epic sense of um, battle from that half an hour. And if you do, then isn't that amazing that that lasts for two weeks long, nonstop? So, yeah, JR was supposed to join us. And at some of these notes, I believe, is why we look like complete dumbasses <laughs> when we reach them. I guess there's a leaked map with three zones connected in the middle by one. Well, this had been talked about briefly, uh, and we've mentioned it in a previous episode um, where we talk about world versus world. That So you have three worlds, and each has their home map. Uh, in which you can set up fortifications and gather forces and that kind of stuff. And then there are um, portals into or points of access into a central map. And so that's kind of the, the huge 
face off area, but then you can also invade the other server, uh, other world's home maps. Um, so you've got three different, well, four different zones as such in which the battle can take place. I did not know any of that until just now. You clearly, I, you, <laughs> that's funny because you were probably in the show where we talked about that. Dude, my memory is so shot. <laughs> I could go into why, but let's just, people should be warned. My memory has been really bad over the past year. So, um, Fort, con- all right, controlling central zone. So you pretty much just kind of covered that. Yeah. If you control the central zone, you help to control the portal situation. Exactly. So that sets up a platform for attacking the other home zones. And then there are fort controls and sieges, which is probably mostly like in, could you invade someone else's map then and actually control their forts and sieges? Is that the goal? Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's how that's going to be set up. So they've mentioned other capture point, well, you know, key, uh, resources like forts and siege weapons or, um, supply stations and that kind of thing as, um, key strategic points that you want to capture and hold to, gain the benefits from those and it would make sense that when you invade another world's uh, home map that you would be able to wrest them from their control nice and then there's shard worldwide buffs for currently holding teams yeah is that for like if you currently hold someone else's fortune or is this more like the 5v5 teams that are ranked no i think this is this is what i mentioned about the winning world uh will get that Oh, oh, we'll get oh, that reward. So simple, they currently yeah. they currently hold the title because the you know it's a two week long battle. So whoever wins at the end will have a buff for two weeks. Okay. And they haven't um, gone into what that is, and that's a you know a a a point that is going to be influential because in Guild Wars with the Hall of Heroes, the the eight v eight PvP format that they had. The winning team f- would ho- um, allow the their their server region, so America, Europe, or Korea, or Taiwan, um, to gain access to the elite missions. This was back in prophecies, and I think it's in factions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could only go into the underworld or the Fisher of Woe if someone from your region had won the Hall of Heroes recently, and. It didn't really. It in the end, it became troublesome because there are only very few people that a were good enough to win Hall of Heroes, who also b wanted to go and do Fisher of War and Underworld. So those people who want to do PVE were stuck waiting for the good PVPers to go and win. And if you logged on at a time when they weren't active, then you couldn't do what you wanted. And time zones really aced people there. Yeah. So this is cool that they're making it shard based instead of you know, where you're actually from. Yeah, and also the the two-week duration kind of helps balance out the time-based thing. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to watch how, you know, say you, you play only world versus world, you log off for the night, go to bed, and wake up in the morning, and all the progress you made on the previous day has been totally wiped <laughs> because yeah. while you've been asleep, so, you know, someone's got the whole guild together and, and just trolled through the map. <clears throat> but it's still exciting. Even yep. if it might be a little frustrating. I think we'll, uh, hopefully these kinds of questions will be cleared up as we get more information about world versus world. Yeah. And then for the number of formats, uh, fewer to make it easier for new players to be competitive. I don't know what that means. Well, so, so far they've only talked about the conquest mode. And oh, okay. So they have mentioned that, pretty sure they've 
uh, declared that that's not going to be the only game type that would be kind of um, lax of them in a way to have only one format. Mm -hmm. And so they haven't released what the other styles will be, um, but there'll be, there'll be less variation than in Guild Wars where you had uh, not only different maps and different objectives on those maps, but you had the Guild First Guild, you had the Random Arena, you had the Heroes Ascent, you had right, Team right. Arena um, back before, and Heroes Arena where you went in with Heroes back before they got merged into what's now Codex Arena. So, you know, all these different formats and um, party sizes and all those different maps mean that there's a, you know, a bit of a step in terms of getting into it. Mm -hmm. So they'll want to try and uh, try and make that a bit easier to, you know, a lower barrier of entry by having maybe t three or four main formats. Yeah, I like that. Um, random arena style hot join matches will actually be good practice for tourneys. We've talked about that, so it's going to be your scrimmaging area. Yeah, where and what will which, replace? Oh, sorry. Which you know the kind of random arena style currently in Guild Wars doesn't help at all with. Um, the competitive <laughs> guild versus guild because random arena is four versus four and guild versus guild is eight versus eight. I remember a long time ago on my elementals thinking I was a badass in my random arenas. Then we went to actually do some structured PvP and I failed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I did not get. What was that? Was wasted time. <laughs> and then what will replace the fun of uh, tombs and uh, heroes, heroes ascent is... epic or heroes ascent? Yeah, epic fights, controlling halls, range of objectives. I don't have any personal experience in oh, Heroes great. Ascent. I think I once, in a guild I joined years ago, um, gave a crack at it, and I think we didn't get past the first map, um, you know, in Tombs. So, I don't know. I mean, for a lot of people, Heroes Ascent and, you know, that sense of achievement that you get at the end of it when you win is a big thing. And I'm presuming, I'm hoping world versus world albeit on a longer scale will kind of help to to give create that sense of achievement especially if you have those intermediate goals and capture points that you you want to control mm -hmm. yeah i'm like you i had a limited experience and it was a long time ago uh we could turn this into a listener con contribution thing if you want to write in and say your thoughts on that you can go ahead that sounds like a good idea all you pro PVPers out there that listen to the show, and you and anyone else, of course, if you've, been, <laughs> if you've been in Hall of Heroes, if you have an epic story, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. And then on Guild Wars 2 Guru, we asked in a thread what people would like to hear about uh, PVP for Guild Wars 2, and Kitten asked, I am interested in hearing more about the various siege environmental weapons that are available. So um, one of those would be catapults, which have uh, friendly fire. I did not know they had friendly fire trebuchets um i know i saw a video where they did not oh i think this is a note to say there's not friendly fire right okay yeah and then range use and destroyable terrain so you can use it to destroy certain walls and things that are barriers to entry to your teammates and you can keep people off of uh capture points yeah with it so in the battle of kylo the trebuchet like i mentioned has that knockback effect and it also destroys the terrain so and that also helps in you know switching up the the way the battle the flow of the battle is you know how that's going um so if you've got people capping the the middle capture point in the clock tower chuck it lob a couple of trebuchet shots at them break down the wall and you know smash them out 
then have your team in and clean up. Um, that makes it pretty exciting and interesting. So, yeah, like you said, I guess friend, they don't have friendly fire, which obviously is quite useful. <laughs> yeah, I was scared there for them. I'm like, dude, this is not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe they were, I'm not, uh, not sure exactly on the range, but I know that they can um, siege all three capture points. So, um, when you're on the trebuchet, you need to, one, control where it points. So, you rotate the trebuchet and then also... Um, you control the the distance on the shot by how long you hold down the channeled skill. So there's a little bit of you know skill involved in terms of lining up a good shot and getting the distance on it um, correct. So it's not just you know click on the map. This is where I want the trebuchet to hit, and it's going to hit there every time. Yeah, you actually have to learn to aim with it a little bit. Yeah, which I can tell you right now, men are not actually that good at aim. <laughs> Especially when you have a four-year-old who still has to sit to go potty. I'm just inserting a little humor there. Um, Dragon's Breath, though. Um, That's I don't know. Okay, Do you know so they've mentioned that on another map, the environmental effect will be this giant dragon, which flies or sits over the map and then fires oh. um, huge amounts of damage down upon you, raining fire and death upon the map, which I believe so far they've only mentioned as being a random effect and so then comes the question well in a competitive environment how how much is it going to suck to lose a game based on a pure random pure random chance of everyone grouping up and being dumped on by this dragon yeah i hope it's not that overarching of yeah. a mechanic that it's like oh they have the dragon we're about to win but now we're going to lose well yeah i don't know if you capture the dragon or stuff like that it sounded like it was just gonna screw up you know do damage to anyone at all times. oh um so that kind of you know that's almost capturing the dragon would kind of be a cool effect if you know if you controlled him or even Maybe cooler you know imagine if, if someone ran up on top of the dragon sat on sat on him and you know like they were riding the dragon and uh <laughs> tried to like a, like a trebuchet from above fire down damage yeah thank you you useless reptile <laughs> yeah, I actually know nothing about the Dragon's Breath. I heard, um, I think it was Colin Johansson mentioned it once, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know there was any more information about that. I don't think there has been. I just think that they've, you know, in, in interviews when people ask about these effects, they bring up that we also have a dragon who rains down fire and death in one of the other maps. Okay. Well, I wait with bated breath <laughs> on that one. I see what you did there. Yeah. Actually, I started saying it only then realized the pun. <laughs> Puns come to me naturally. Best but then the last thing we want to say is what else could there be? So I want to ask the listeners, um, if you look at the concept art, what are the things do you see that could potentially be an environmental effect? Like, for example, in one of those videos, we saw the huge kind of tank that had all kinds of cannons all around coming out all the sides of it. Could that possibly be involved? It's more likely that that's more like a world event. But, you know, things like that. If you see anything that really you think that might lend itself to a PvP match... Uh, we'd like to hear about that. I'm not one of those people that looks at the concept art and finds the little nuances. I just enjoy I... them as my uh, desktop background. <laughs> exactly. And then um, 
Ghostboy wanted to know more about how elites would affect PvP. I have a feeling that they're going to be something that you you really just hold on to for that specific circumstance where it's the most useful. Otherwise, you really don't want to blow it. Or if the match is almost done, you've almost got a victory, someone's challenging that, you might blow your elites there. But I have a feeling elites are not going to be like very consistently used in PvP. Yeah. They're definitely a much more strategic um, skill now. You know, picking the perfect time to use them uh, is going to be more important. Like we've seen some of the really influential ones that you see in the videos and in the demos are the elementalist tornado, you know, when they turn into a huge tornado and they spin around and do damage and knock back everyone in their path. Um, if you're on a capture point and you need to defend that for a little bit while you get, you know, support from your teammates, Switch on that, spin around, and you throw every, everyone attacking the capture point out of it, and you can delay them for you know a decent amount of time while you get back up coming along. Yeah. So that, you see a lot of the tornado in these videos. Yeah. It's very popular. The other one you see quite a lot is the Guardians Elite, where they put up a defensive bubble which blocks all projectiles. It might even be a ward, so mm -hmm. you can't get in. So basically, he puts that out, and you can't do anything about him, and he just sits there on the capture point and you have to um, wait it out. So I know uh, Arena in their interviews have often said part of their strategy is, or one of their strategies is to have a defensive guardian sitting in the, in the main capture point and just holding that off for as long as possible. Yeah. So that pretty much covers all of the things that we had for PvP. Um, to go into upcoming topics that we're going to be talking about. And we're totally open to hearing your suggestions through our email, which I'll give to you later. Um, the next one we're looking to do is underwater combat. There's a whole lot of information about that, and I think it's underplayed quite a bit. I, I, I'm in love with so much of it. Yeah. Especially when, uh, again, Total Biscuit was doing some PvE demonstrations, and he was being followed by this huge monster. He's like, I'm not going to be able to kill that. So he jumps in the water, his weapon switches, and he's able to throw a ball and chain on it as a guardian, and the thing just sinks. And he's like, ta-da, I win. <laughs> I was like, that is so badass. Yeah. So, yeah, there's underwater combat is not chintzy in this game. I was always worried that they were going to chintz it up, but they did not. It's really cool. So we'll be talking about that. Dungeons will be one of the topics. Uh, Guild Wars Winds of Change. That one will be not Guild. That one will not be Guild Wars Two focused. That'll be Guild Wars focused. We're gonna have a little bit of a Silvari and a Sura throwdown. I'm thinking of having an all-around races throwdown as kind of a <laughs> recap on all the races, as well as you know professions. Uh, we're gonna have a Guild Wars Two blog highlights from across the community. So you bloggers out there, let us know if you have something you'd like us to highlight. Um, at our discretion, maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> And if you have another topic, email us, like I said. So, sorry, with these Silvarian Asura Throwdown, you mean just a, an episode to cover them, seeing as they've been released since the last episode? Exactly. Oh, okay, and so not like a, a, a duke-off where we go, so who would win, Silvari or Asura? Well, coming back a month later and reading my own show notes, I was like, what did I want out of that? And then I realized, <laughs> this isn't really a throwdown. <laughs> this is just a, this is a recap. So yeah, there's no throwdown between the two, uh, but no. there have been a, there's a lot of information released now, especially regarding the Silvari. Mm. They're quite enticing once again. Uh, other than that, we had emails. One came from Guild Wars Two HQ. It's a website, and they just want a little bit of pimpage. So Mars, here you go. It's www.gw2hq.com, and they have forums. They have all the things, the little niceties you'd expect from a Guild Wars Two website. You can go check them out. It's it's well done. 
I really liked it. And then, um, oh, I even had some notes here about them. Looks like a sleek all-in-one hub website for Guild Wars 2. Very new but well-organized, and the CMS looks pretty solid. Yeah, content management system. You web geeks know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, you can create Guild Wars 2 gamer profiles, keep in touch with friends and guildies, submit screenshots and share videos, discuss Guild Wars 2 on forums, and much more. And then, uh, oh, Minions of Asgard for Guild Wars, which is just a guild site, is at www.maguild.com. If you go there, you can check out their guild. Relics of War's guild is still swinging too, but we... I don't know. I'm not really that devoted to pimping it because the people that are in it are more or less reserving their place for the Relics of War guild in Guild Wars 2. So it's kind of, kind of not doing much right now. Yeah, we still us we've, releasing this might change that. Yeah, we've still got a solid core group of players that are generally on quite often, and we still try and get together uh, with our alliance um, mates from Hamstone Nation and the other guilds to do ABs as much as possible and bust out the old Hamstorm. Yeah, Tasha's Guild Mist is still with us too in the alliance, and I think they're pretty active. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously I'm not, or I would know the answer to that. <laughs> I'm playing well, Team Fortress 2 a lot, though, if you want to join me. <laughs> and I'm currently not in the guild because I've jumped in one of um, our Alliance members' Kurzik guilds, so I can work on my Kurzik title and finish you're that just off. A, you're a spy. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. Spy that, you bloody fancy wuss! <laughs> we had an iTunes comment from Greg McGinnis, and he says, Bring it back, Pulls. Well, at it's your service, bad. my liege. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the uh, epilogue. I guess we just get around to that? Sure. And we're looking for bloggers. So I guess this uh, brings us to Wheel of Morality, right? Great. <laughs> do you have any Wheel of Morality ready? No, do you? I do, actually, awesome. yes. You're prepared, unlike me. <laughs> if pros are the opposite of cons, then is progress the opposite of Congress? food for thought right there alrighty then I guess I guess that handles it so uh, thank you guys um, and uh, don't let your grandma bite you <laughs> see you guys consider yourself plus one to pro because you've just finished another episode of the relics of ore podcast a product of cyan studios Swing by the website at relicsoforr.com to find our Facebook page, Twitter feed, Steam community, and our forum. Or send us your email or pre-recorded feedback at relicsofor at gmail.com or call us at the U.S. phone number 708-202-9262. How do I get involved? You can join the forum or apply for a future reservation in the Guild Wars 2 Relics of War Guild. Also, you can visit our sponsors at doghousesystems.com to show your support. Just enter the coupon code RELICS after you buy a product, and you'll get $25 of credit towards Jinx merchandise. Alternatively, you can head to the main page and find a link to our merchandise line on Zazzle.com, or just use our PayPal donate button. Be sure to subscribe to our show with whatever podcatcher you use, and if it's iTunes, leave us a professional review that we deserve. We'll read it on the show. Yeah.